0: Sons of Tatooine. If there's a bright center to the universe, you're listening to the podcast that it's farthest from. And here are your hosts, Jonathan and Nathan. Greetings and welcome to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine, the only podcast in the universe to have technical difficulties. We apologize for the odd technical issues from last week. But we have everything fixed now. I am one of your hosts, Nathan, a.k.a. MPBro, and I am joined by my enthusiastic co-host of YouTube fame, <laughs> Jonathan Cohn. Today we will, and I'm very excited for this, today we will be discussing uh, and giving our review of the book Brotherhood by Mike Chin, which released... Back in May, in mm-hmm. the middle of May of this yeah. of this twenty second year of the two thousandth millennium. No, the second. Forget <laughs> what I just said. <laughs> Whoa, man, are we into the future? We will discuss everything we liked and did not like in the book, and we will not be critiquing whether I know what a millennium is. <laughs> All the references we found, will mention, uh, and much more. <clears throat> Jonathan, you obviously hated this book as usual. So why don't you begin your rant now? I'm kidding, of course.
1: <laughs> I was sure how you'd react to that.
0: Um, okay, so uh,
1: this was an interesting book uh, because uh, I didn't know how it was going to go. We really haven't gotten that many uh, prequel books <clears throat> in the canon. Um, uh, I think that uh, there was a hesitancy at the beginning uh, of the canon because they w- they didn't want to step on toes, um, uh, and also the prequel like revolution had not really taken full force, uh, and so we got hmm. things like Dark Disciple, which came out, and then in 2019 they released two <coughs> prequel books, uh, an adult book and a uh, YA novel to try to to celebrate the Phantom Menace, uh, 20th anniversary. And the adult book was Master and Apprentice, which is one of my favorites. And so this mm-hmm. book was released, And it's funny cause Master and Apprentice is really like a quintessential episode one story. And this book is a quintessential episode two story. Um, mm. uh, and this was released mm. on, uh, right, right about the 20th anniversary of, uh, episode two. So it works in, perfectly. So we'll get our episode three story in three years. Um, <laughs> so we haven't gotten too many of these. Uh I knew that Mike Chen was a big prequel fan. I didn't realize how much of a prequel fan he was until right. I read the book. It's his Twitter is really interesting because he talks about how like he, he loves the originals and he likes the sequels and he likes the other eras like Old Republic but like prequel era is his era like a lot of people's and he was like just <clears throat> really hoping he was like if I get a Star Wars project please give me that era and they're like yes that's exactly <laughs> what we want you to do um, yes. and this book for one tells a great standalone story but at the same time it as you alluded to <clears throat> answers some pretty big things from the prequels so mm-hmm. uh I really liked how it had that dual focus. Uh so yes, I I loved this book and it was You all, hated. Yeah, yeah. Uh and and also it's been, you know, a lot of the fandom is divided on a lot of the books. Um uh I have a couple of guys mm. that on almost all of the books that I read for Star Wars, I, we almost always line up. Occasionally we disagree, but almost always we line up. And the first two guys they posted both back-to-back five-out-of-five five star reviews, like their favorite Star Wars book in years. And I was like, that gives me yeah. a lot of hope. And then I read it, and I was like, well, it's, it's for sure the best book we've gotten this year in 2022, but we're only halfway through the year. We still have half the books left. But it's, it's definitely the best we've gotten in a while.
0: I, as a very casual, as many <laughs> of you, book reader, I would endorse this book. Um, with, with flying colors. Um, when you, when you describe like, uh, the episode two-ness of this book, (laughs) I think it's even more so than the Clone Wars. Like the Clone Wars to me feels very much like Revenge of the Sith. It's like so close, even though we get several years of of stuff. But this being before Ahsoka, Mm -hmm. because like Ahsoka to me is like. That's the start of the Clone Wars, yeah. or at least, you know, the show anyway. Right. Um, so this felt very much, and I think it's meant to be, like, very, like, I, I don't know, maybe, like, a in the days that actually pres- or follow oh, absolutely. episode two.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's
0: ad- adjusting yeah. to his mechanical arm. Mm-hmm. Very interesting, by the way. Like, <laughs> I know that some people, like, look over that detail, but <laughs> I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed how, like... You know, because there's obvious foreshadowing to Vader and how Anakin is going to then adjust to having so much machine. Right. Um, Yeah. And he's really struggling to, like, be at the top of his game and he's mad. He's like, I'm better than this, you know. Um, But all of the characters uh, very, very well, like written. And I like getting into their head. Um, This book is one of those where at the beginning of the chapters, it always tells you. The perspective of who you're reading from mm-hmm. so it's like obi-wan kenobi and then you'll get a chapter yeah i don't think the chapters were like too long i listened to this on audiobook they were very which, short um they were yes okay. the average uh, the average
1: chapter no. pay uh, the it was about uh five to six pages per chapter on average there were some shorter were some longer but five to six pages and the average star wars book is in the 10 to 12 range
0: Uh, I was noticing, I was like, man, I'm 30 chapters in and (laughs) I don't think I'm at the end yet. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's 40 plus chapters in in this book. Yeah. Um, But I don't honestly think it had a really slow point. Right. It had good stuff throughout. Mm -hmm. And I can't remember it having like a, well, there was this one section of, you know, there was like, there was good stuff throughout. And part of that is that you have characters we love, like even when Anakin's like training with these younglings, you're like, "That's not that bad." It's kind of <laughs> enjoyable to hear him like, because I'm getting all these mental images here of, you know, <clears throat> kind of like a, a, a kindergarten classroom, right? And the teacher is like, "Calm down, everyone!" But it's Anakin. <laughs> it's like
1: <laughs> it's like the people a, means uh, people are like, "Don't kill the Anakin." It's Don't the Star Wars Star Wars version of kindergarten cop.
0: <laughs> there is no bathroom. I mean, refresher. Star Wars universe. There is no refresher. Which, um, speaking of spe- put, go on put the point. lightsaber down. There are there
1: are some times where the, the the authors don't get the little technical terms right, and one of them that I noticed is calf. Is that there were some authors that would use that actually just use coffee <clears throat> as the word, and it was really it, it that, I, that frustrated me because. That's not the technical term in, in, in the, in the Canadian right. legends, it was known as "calf," and, and he called it "calf here, so he got it right. <clears> throat> um, throat> uh, and he does the, there's other things with that too, because he really you can tell, he's not just a fan of the movies. He's also a fan of the literature. Like he's been reading all this stuff, soaking it in. Um, I would actually say there are two major authorial uh, influences on this book. Uh, one <clears throat> of them is James Lucino, who there are references to Lucino's work throughout, and also the story style is very much a James Lucino novel. Uh, Catalyst, the only one you've read of his, is like the most unique. Like, it's, it's his weird oh, one. Oh, really? It's the okay. weird one. Um, it's my favorite, but it's the <laughs> weird one. Uh, every other novel of his had a very similar structure, especially his prequel books. Um, uh, and uh, the other influence is uh, Stover, And you can tell Matthew Stover's influences. He did the Revenge of the Sith novelization. There are so many like descriptions, and both of those authors were really into foreshadowing Anakin into Vader, getting all of the 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 machine versus man stuff with him. So as you were saying, there's so much.
0: Yeah, it was really good, and just that whole. Tie into to what you're talking about with the Revenge of the Sith, yeah, um, novel, which at some point I'm sure I need to read. It if, is if everyone's people keep favorite talking about how good it is. Yeah. it's not my favorite. Yeah, but it's it everyone I else's keep, favorite. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I love Revenge of the. I probably should read that at some point. Maybe we can we can get that on the list of to dos. But um, if I can, one uh, of the great thing. Yeah, oh, I was gonna say on that note,
1: what happened was. When George Lucas did uh, the, the the first novelization for episode one, uh, uh, Phantom Menace, he let Terry Brooks, famous fantasy author, do it. But he basically told Terry, you can't add really that many new scenes. And Brooks was like, well, what can I add? And he gave him a few little teeny tiny details. So there's little sub scenes. So it doesn't add that much. It actually is a pretty good novelization. Then you had the <coughs> second one, which was written by Ari Salvatore. He's the guy that killed Chewbacca in the in the Legends line, this was this was since he got so much hate for it. George Lucas was like, you know what? I'm gonna give him the novelization, sight, uh, and uh, <laughs> he actually got to write a lot of scenes, but <clears throat> only for Shmi. He expanded Shmi Skywalker storyline and really none others. And then Stover, he just said, go crazy. I'm not doing anything else. You know, with this era at the moment, so Stover just got to unleash the floodgates, and that's why it's everyone's favorite. Because there's so many added scenes, there's so many added details. He he got to go crazy with it. So that's why that's mm-hmm. the reason why it's the most beloved.
0: Mm. Wasn't uh, I believe I watched an interview where he was on um, Theory, uh, ner- Nerd Theory, yeah. with with Josh and with Theory. They had an absolute great discussion with him where yeah. he dove into, like, the details of writing this book and what he was allowed to do, what type of things he... And that made me want to read it then, so <laughs> I guess I should go back and... Oh, yeah. Um, but let, let's get into the kind of plot for for Brotherhood. Yes. Um, the The kind of, I guess, catalyst to the plot happening is... Um, on Cato which we know from the Tread Federation is their home world, mm-hmm. um, there has been a bombing that has killed thousands of people within this city. Um, and at some point, you know, you you have people blaming both sides, and it's this huge political thing. And we catch in with Obi-Wan, who's like, I think he's been granted a kind of like temporary status as a high or a, as a member of the of the Jedi High Council yeah, right which mm-hmm. is really cool um because even though at some points in this book he talks about seeing Anakin as an equal like we know he got rank, the rank of Jedi master <laughs> Anakin got the rest of Jedi knight so they're not technically equal right. they both got the level up but Obi-Wan's very gracious so he's mm-hmm. seeing a Jedi knight as an equal even though he is a master um <clears throat> So, I like that the book goes into us, Any glances into, like, the Jedi orders going and going, you know, comings and goings. It's very cool. Um, da- they talked about who he replaced. Was it Coleman Trebor? Coleman Trevor, yep. Trebor? Yep. Um, was he... Did he die at
1: yes. ...Geonosis? So in Ge- in in the Battle of Geonosis, remember the the Jedi that jumps onto the the dais? Uh, he's got he's kind of like the dinosaur blue Jedi, skin blue skin um, yeah yes and, yes, then, yes, and yes. then he gets shot off by <clears throat> uh, uh, by uh, Jango Fett. That's Coleman Trevor. Yeah,
0: gotcha. So. Yes yes Coleman Trevor. Um, very sad, but it left a seat, and uh, Anakin likes or sorry uh, Obi Wan likes the seat. Um. That dynamic at the gimmick view is nice, but we also get a, a look at, like, Obi-Wan's main title, like, The Negotiator. Yeah. He's given this several times in The Clone Wars. I don't know if, at this point if he has that title, but this is where he, like, makes the name for himself as The Negotiator. Right. If he hasn't earned it and people aren't calling it by the end of this book, yep. I definitely think they are. Uh, so... He he, like it's it's this whole situation. The pol- I, you, I'm sure you love the political like maneuvering of this. So, and I'll just I, I'll just throw it to you to talk about that. So the first thing I I wrote down in my notes
1: is that we got so much information on Cato Neimoidia and the Trade Federation. Something that mm. bugged me in the Clone Wars was why does the Trade Federation have a senator? Uh. uh in the Senate, when they are <laughs> supplying the droids to the droid army, like it just never truly made sense. They they, they make some explanations, but they don't properly explain it in the Congress. Mm-hmm. This book, it makes sense. He's they're talking about how so the faction that is full on with the separatists, that's like advancing the <clears> cause, <throat> is the um uh, is the one that's actually not part of the the recognized trade federation and then the recognized trade federation they're just willing to trade with anyone but their political affiliation is still technically with the the republic and that makes a little bit more sense of that although it's still kind of a murky area um uh it it makes a little bit more sense with that and so there's there's a lot of uh political undertones with the two characters the two nemoidians when we get Mm -hmm. to them that have modern day, uh, political overtones. But the other political overtones are, uh, of the overall neutrality aspect kind of goes back to like World War II with, um, uh, Switzerland and Spain, who both were very adamantly trying not to get into the war, not trying to support either side, even though they financially kind of traded with either side. And so they had to uh, there were some attacks on their lands, and they basically had to get restitution for those. Mm-hmm. And so this has a similar kind of concept. And so it's kind of got that rooted in history that I liked. Um, uh, and mm-hmm. then... I liked it. <laughs> we also... We see the, the way that the Jedi... You know, you know, Part of my problem is we keep seeing the Jedi do things that the Jedi aren't supposed to be doing. Uh, we keep seeing mm-hmm. them in situations in the movies and shows where they're thrust into a role that wasn't traditionally a role they would do. This shows, okay, we work for the Senate. We're going to try to get down to the truth. But uh, if that truth shows that the Republic was wrong, we still have to get, get, to, get to the bottom of that. And so they truly are uh, you know, true uh, investigators in that sense. Uh, they they use the term uh, judici- judicial branch, uh, a lot in legends saying that they worked for the, the judicial branch of, of government, and they didn't spe- specify that here, but that's where they were going for. And it's showing the last vestiges of the Jedi pre uh, pre general sense. You know, they've not fully yes. accepted the their their military <clears> rank, <throat> even though they do at the end of the book. Uh, they're mm-hmm. still they're still trying to hold on to the what is a Jedi supposed to do.
0: I'm glad you made that point, and. As you alluded to, like there is a definite point at the end of the book where Anakin and Obi Wan would have that discussion that there's yeah. more, there have been more powers granted to the Chancellor, yeah. And of course, any of the Palpatine foreshadowing is always good, but we get an actual like series of comments made by Obi Wan about like he is very hesitant with mm-hmm. this like military aspect being thrust upon the Jedi, yeah. And by the Clone Wars series, he's dof- you know he's adopted. His role, he's used to it, but in in, you know, obviously, it's nice to show. It's nice to see that he's hesitating, Mm -hmm. and hopefully, I wish there were more Jedi who are, or we saw more discussions of them, like a High Jedi Council meeting where they're just like, you know, I don't like this. We need to be very careful about this whole we're warriors thing, you know. As Yoda says in you know Empire, you know, wars not make one great, yeah, Um, um, great warrior just undermining Luke's even at that time idea of what a Jedi was supposed to be. Um, Because I think even, like, even probably in the OT, you know, timeline, Mm -hmm. most of the stories being told that Luke would probably hear growing up are of Jedi as warriors in the Clone Wars. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's his vision. I think that's probably a lot of people's, like, our vision of the Jedi. We were like, oh, uh, well, you know, even Obi Wan said he fought in the Clone Wars, um, so yeah, interesting there. But I I like that you brought that up, and it's good. Like Obi Wan being the wise one, and of course we're coming off the Obi Wan show, so it's uh, it was it was it was some nice nice stuff there. I really like so you know the political side is very very simple when you boil it down to you have a really bad guy on one side <laughs> and a really bad guy on the <laughs> other side. both sides are the really bad guys in charge of it but the real real bad guys in charge of the good guys (laughs) right and his apprentice is in charge of the bad guys so it's so interesting when you read from a character that thinks they're on the side of the right they're on the good side and they're doing everything they can um and of course there is like evidence that was in this you know we're getting getting ahead but like the Republic is definitely implicated by some of the evidence, and that becomes a big part of the story. Like, it's just, I find it, I always find it, like, interesting, whatever, you really, really feel like, okay, the good guys, but wait, Palpatine, you know, you know in the back of the head, like, the shadow is there. And there's, like, such an element of truth to that within, like, no politician is your savior. Right. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. And if you trust them to come and fix your life and make the world you the way that you want it to be, I'm sorry, but they're they're all Sith Lords. Like that's the that's the that's the lesson from Star Wars. The, the lesson is that um,
1: uh, there can be corruption anywhere, but sometimes you need to use uh, the the tools that you have. Allah, maybe use the Jedi Order. To, to do something for good, a la use the, the local police force for good, even though you'll never <laughs> get perfection in it. Uh, or, you'd, or, mm. or from Padme's perspective, try to use government for good, even though there will always be bad actors in the government. Um, uh, and there's even one point yeah. where Padme in the book says, look, I don't like everything Palpatine's doing, but we got to work with him, so we may as well work with him. Uh,
0: and he has to gain power so slowly... Yeah. And just taking small steps forward Until like eventually He has all the power He's you know maneuvered And you know eliminated all of his competition yeah. it, it took a while But <laughs> that that like You're talking about Padme She's not the only one We had tons of senators you know Bale himself was still Like Alderon was a member of the Empire Yeah What? They were in the Imperial Senate? Yeah And then like you know a few days later, they get their planet blowed up. Um, after he disbands the Senate, so well it, it, that that gets into
1: an interesting point because you know Alderon realizes: look, at the moment, it is not practical for us to just <coughs> declare war because we're going to be wiped out, and it's better for our people to basically have to live under this tyrannical government than to rebel and literally everyone's dead. Like, let's bide mm-hmm. our time. When the time's right, I'll start supplying arms. So <laughs> supplying things slowly, quietly. Try to try to keep our, our planet safe, but still try to p- decrease the empire. So there's there are and that's and you get some of that here with certain mm-hmm. characters. So it all it all comes together. I do want to touch on something real quick, which is voice. This is probably the most important thing when you're writing a tie-in novel, whether it's Star Wars, Star Trek, uh, Halo, whatever. If you don't get the character's voices right, then everything else for me falls apart. Because if you're you're giving dialogue to a character or making a character do actions that just seem anathema to that character, then I'm not going to like your book as much. Um, uh, I think that every character, every major character in this book, everywhere from Anakin to Obi-Wan to Palpatine to Dooku and to um, uh, Padme... All of them have the right voice, have the right tone, have the right actions. They, they all match perfectly, which is one of the reasons that this works so well. Padme is only in a little bit of this book, but she is, mm-hmm. in my opinion, better in this book than she is in the entirety of the Padme trilogy of novels that we just got, where Padme is the main character, and I don't think that the author got her voice at all right there, which is one of the huge reasons why I don't, like that trilogy as much, whereas they got everyone right here. Uh, so, you know, there was this meticulous, you know, he, re- he re-watched the sh- movies just to get the dialogue. Kind of like um, Timothy Zahn, when he was writing the, the um, Thrawn trilogy, he couldn't re-watch the movies that much. But when he was driving, he had uh, them on audio tape. And so he was just listening to the movies, and that's how he got the, the dialogue so well. And so this is a, a a rare example of getting every single character perfectly.
0: Hmm. I like that point. Um talking about some of the characters that we meet. Yeah. Um, there were some really good original characters in this book mm-hmm. that I uh that I s that stood out to me. And <clears throat> because I listen on audiobook, I'm like I would be terrible to try and like spell out their names. <laughs> um but we have two different, we have two different nomordians yeah. that we meet. Mm-hmm. And each of them is kind of an ambassador. Like, and so one of them, Obi Wan really kind of hangs out with. Right. And she oversees him. And then this other one, uh, it, what we don't realize, and this is kind of the big spoiler. You told me it was a big spoiler. I I, I was like, okay, whatever. But this is our first introduction in the timeline to Asajj Ventress. Yeah. And she has she has another Nymorian. Now, what are their names? One of them is is Rug Rug Uh Okay, Rug, and then the other the other one is uh, 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 K- Kitar. Sorry, Kitar Kita Kita. Um, and so Rug <coughs> Rug is. Uh, the Saz Ventus. No, no, Rug is the girl. Yes.
1: She's the one with. Oh, Obi-Wan. she's okay. And Kitar okay. is the guy. So, is
0: the is the radical. Ah, and yeah, I really, I was trying to actually. Uh, forgive me for that. Rug <laughs> is a character that I enjoyed a whole whole lot. Yeah. Um. Because her her perspective, it gives us the insight that we need into, um, I would say the. Obviously very mathematical. Like They're very They're very uh, Calculating The people of Namordia. Right And that's one of the cool things Is their culture Gets so explored Like It's wonderful But In the same way Ruge is one side of the coin Yeah Whereas the other guy Kitar is Very much the Reactive Protective Cultural Purist And he gets radicalized By Asajj And that was the part of the book That frustrated me so much I'm like <laughs> Do you no! not see Like <laughs> like, you've already seen that she has a lightsaber, and yet she's telling you all these things that the Jedi do and how you're being manipulated. Don't you put two and two together now and say, wait, could you be doing the same thing to me? Nope. She'd, uh, <laughs> uh, Kitar doesn't realize that. But uh, Ruge is this, like, sniper, former kind of hitman, high, high black ops type operative within yeah. the Moian government, and obviously has a question of morality, but has a very, very fair... <coughs> Sense of analy- you know, analyzing the situation. And that's one of the really cool things that I enjoyed from this. Did you think that like the culture of Naboo was like, was this new to you? We're like, man, this is even better than what we see in Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. when we see I them. mean, in
1: Clone Wars, we see their senator and we see maybe a handful of their generals. But the, when we see the generals, they're pretty much like Saturday matinee <clears throat> uh, mustache twirling villains that are like Really crazy. Uh, we don't see just average Joe characters. The book is aware of that. Too. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's really like it talks about that and how all the Republic just sees them as this, you know, mustache twirling villain, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they, uh, I did, I did like the uh, exploration, and we get it's good because.
1: And uh, Ruge serves that she has a healthy dose of skepticism. Like, it's not as if they he set it up where, all right, Ruge is rah-rah, yes, Republic, and Kitar is rah-rah, uh, like, separatist. It's not that she was just on the opposite side. It's that she was looking for the truth, and mm-hmm. it matched up with the Republic, so that's why she defend it she said all right i'll be impartial all right the republic's right on this i'm gonna support them whereas Kitar was like it didn't matter what the truth was it no he says (laughs) that yeah like uh getting into into that like his his beliefs are that the republic is inherently bad even if the republic did everything right its existence to him is bad And so that's why Mm -hmm. like his 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 stated goal is to save his people. But in order to do that in his demented mind, he has to kill a bunch of his people to try to frame the republic so to force them into the Separatist hands. And it shows He becomes it becomes it's it's the it's tying back into the Revenge of the Sith. He becomes the very thing he swore to destroy. He became Mm -hmm. the thing that he thought the Republic
0: was. Yeah. He's willing to kill his own people by the end of this. Yeah. He's, he's to send a message. When when the facts don't line up, he says to Obi-Wan basically, Your you're, you're, my your facts or my feelings don't care about your facts. My feelings don't care about your he's facts. Like, he's um, the Neb Orishi. I was
1: gonna try to say Ben
0: Shapiro backwards. No, 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 no. no. I got you. I got you. You don't have to go into it. I love it. Um, What What's interesting too is like if you think about um, Ruge, she does not. She does not um, originally go along with Obi Wan. She like calls him out when. So we get an experience. We get a great cameo.
1: Yes,
0: Dexter Jetster. Yeah, and yes. So that's when she calls him out. She's like, hey. I totally call you on like hiding this evidence um, you know you're basically you know, and, and Obi-Wan's like no 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 I just wanted to make sure that it's true mm-hmm. I just wanted to verify before I acted rashly and eventually he's able to convince her of that but he has to work really hard because it's uh, it's the first thing that somebody would do is to cover up if they had bad motives yep. they find evidence pointing to them they cover it up um Obi-Wan is just unique in that he has this golden character and he gets to talk to to Dex and so we get this great, you know, dialogue of course. And uh just even though I mean it kind of confirms that the republic was involved or, or being set up, which mm-hmm. I guess that's what we're leading into. Um I I think that in and of itself was essential to Ruge's character arc. Yeah. Because if it hadn't showed that she was like, no, 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 you're not going to get away with this. It would have showed that she mentally was a step behind mm-hmm. or that she wasn't. Um, but, but I like that, it, you know, any character who, you know, you get caught, but then you're willing to listen if, the, if they have a reason yeah, and say, okay, that's a good reason. All right, well then I'll, I'll, I'll rescind a little bit and here's, you know, we can get back to where we were. Um, Anyway, the book book is a
1: great example of a writer writing themselves into a corner and then finding a way for that character to escape, Um, uh, which is really great. Uh, You know, whenever you're able, because sometimes there are some authors who just write their protagonist as not just the most upright standing guy Mm. like Obi-Wan, but like they just do everything right and nothing ever phases them and boring. those are, those are boring.
0: So boring and
1: I like having characters that are like morally pure I really like that I prefer that in my stories but I don't want them to be successful all the time I would rather them get like beaten down like Obi-Wan alright I have this idea maybe I should be the negotiator alright well you have to prove that your idea is better so that's he has to do all the research and then he presents a good argument then he has uh, but that writes getting out of that corner writes him into another corner of okay but you're going to go by yourself Alright, I'm going by myself. Now I have this information that I can't reveal. Now, uh, uh, I got it to Anakin, but now I'm uh, getting captured because I didn't... It just it, He just keeps writing him into a corner and getting him out. And none of this feels... there's There's no deus ex machina. It all naturally works for him mm-hmm. escaping each situation that he encounters. It always feels like, yes, this is what the story
0: needed believable yeah obi-wan would totally do that he would totally do that and anakin would totally yes. convince him <laughs> like well you just need to break the rule just this team a little bit. bit trust me <laughs> nobody will find out they would need they would need a lightsaber to to slice open this thing it's probably like this briefcase is indestructible and of course like if that's not foreshadowing i don't know what is like now here's, <laughs> he's talking about here's something they could have done better
1: I think it would have been interesting if they hadn't revealed who the negotiator was for the separatists. Had not revealed it's Ventress. Just reveal it's a woman with like a dark voice, but not use her actual name. And then, when you get to the point where she finds it, where she uses her lightsaber to find it, because it's like, oh, that's how they're able to find it, because she has a lightsaber. Like once she came on the scene, it made like it was it, it felt like. Oh, of course that happened. Like, of course she has a lightsaber. Like, yeah, they could have teased
0: it longer. They could have teased it longer.
1: Um, uh, but I was just so mad that he, they put it in the marketing of the book. Uh, <clears throat> they also put Dexter, Dexter in the marketing, but I'm okay with that because that was, though that, that, that was handled better. Uh, I think that I didn't need to be mm. a big surprise that he was in there. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, 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 they still, they still did a good job with like setting her up where she does have a About his whole scene that you don't know it's her, and then they do reveal it in the next scene.
0: I often ask myself, like, would I have the discernment to, and like, clearly, not many people did. But if I were there, would I be able to look at you know? And a lot of people looked at they looked at Count Dooku and they looked at Palpatine and they said, you know, Count Dooku is making great points. He's he's really more of a hero to the to his people yeah he's they hoist him up on a super high pedestal um, and he 's very two faced obviously because you know he 's politically brilliant with what he says and his promises, mm-hmm. and he does good things for the important people um, <clears throat> and everything that they want, and then wins them over uh, but at the same time you 've got like obviously palpatine who 's being manipulative in other ways. I don't know, like, there's really difficulty in just looking and seeing, and who would, would I have the knowledge of who to trust? And, and obviously it's neither one, but it's just one of those things, like, would I honestly, would I have sided with Dooku? Would I have been, like, because I'm sure, like, around, they talk about the net in this a lot. There's, yeah. you know, all of the, we get some, like, we get some references to, like, our news media and Obi-Wan's like, turn that off. It's a bunch of garbage, you know, (laughs) and Anakin's over there eating it up and (laughs) he's like, but I love, you know, so it's, it's a cool reference there, but it's one of those things that this book for asking that question, for making me think about that question, that's, that's not even a a main theme of the book. I guess the overall is still separatist versus Republic. That's one of the big things being teased, but still, like that is such a great if it provoked me to that thought, you know. That's it, the book has done a great job with that. So anyway,
1: oh yeah, this this book is great with themes, uh, which is another reason that it was so successful. Is none of the themes were particularly controversial, even <coughs> though it kind of delved into some interesting, you know, political things. Of like, for instance, someone. Be- so- Someone, I, I will, I will tiptoe this myself to to not get in trouble. But the Kitar is convinced that the Republic did something wrong, and Kitar is so willing to go to lengths because he's so angry about that. He's willing to break the law because of that, and um, <clears throat> uh, you know Ventress is kind of okay with it because she's. Willing to because it's going to help her her case. She's she's actually encor- actively encouraging it, and it, it it shows the the danger of taking. I talked earlier about the advantage of you have to trust yourself, uh, not just government. Uh, this is the dang- the danger side of that. So he plays plays that both angles, showing when it can work and when it cannot work well. And so it, but it but it didn't. It's he didn't draw it to like a specific. It's not like. Kitar is mad because uh, uh, the separatists lost an election. It's nothing that blatantly obvious where you feel like, okay, you were just attacking this person for this one thing. It felt like this is a broad, general idea that can have practical
0: applications, but isn't aimed towards anyone. Mm. The, The whole bombing thing, here's a big question. I wondered at the end of the book, I was like, wait, they never told us who actually instigated this first, like, bombing attack, you yeah. know? Like, the the evidence... Like, there was produced evidence that it was Republic and Separatist. Like, battle tactics, but also, like, the bombs of these, you know? So, all of this evidence, clearly, they're meant to think that it was a third party manipulating... And that question itself is the other theme. Like, I love that Obi-Wan at multiple points in this thinks back to like things like what Count Dooku told him about Qui-Gon, that like he dared to mention the name of Qui-Gon to get him to like, to try and join him. And then his statement about the Republic being in control of a Sith Lord. And the fact that Obi-Wan is still pondering those things. And uh, back to what I was saying, like this idea, what was I saying? Uh, How about the bombing,
1: not not knowing who. About did the
0: it. third party, yeah, 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 like that uh, <laughs> I was like, what was like do I don't know it was going somewhere. That idea, just the way that they were able to show Obi Wan considering things, I I keep it's it's one of those like you're so close, you you almost figured it out, you, yeah. you're so close to figuring out, even though we know they don't, and it's a tragedy. Um, it's like it's kind of like for me, it's like the moment where uh, Ahsoka could have tried to speak to Anakin one more time right before he fell to the dark side. Yep. You're like, oh, you're so close. Maybe if there was just, you know, just things had gone just slightly differently, we would have ended up with such a different story. But um,
1: See, I would have been interested to see if it had resolved where it was actually the Trade Federation that did the bombing, and their argument was, we do this bombing, yes, it's going to cost us some lives and, and some property, but it's going to make the Republic... <laughs> And the separatists clamor to get a better deal with us. And in the long run, we are going to hugely profit from this by by making it wow. look like either side. Like, that would have been controversial. But I think that would Ooh. have been a really thought-provoking uh, angle towards it. But they didn't go that direction. They left it kind of open. Uh, which, you know, mm-hmm. maybe he could have given it a little bit more closure. But it, it's, it's pretty I, I... much said it's a third party.
0: So... It makes me wonder, though, if you're right, or if, um, th- like, not necessarily Kato-Namoidian government. But maybe the, but like, Newt Gunray. The Trade Federation, yes. Yeah. Na- Newt Gunray through, you know, I mean, cl- there are ways to manipulate your people. Mm-hmm. There are ways to manipulate and use the people uh, to get, obviously, sympathy. To, I mean, Palpatine was a master of that with mm-hmm. the whole invasion of Naboo. And he was in league with the Trade Federation. Yep. And at the same time, he was positioning himself as the Supreme Chancellor. So it's not it's not at all past my mind for him to have set this in motion um, himself. Uh, just I wonder if that's something that we need to know the answer to. Or if, like, at the end of the book, I was like, oh, they didn't tell us. Well, I guess it's okay because that's not really the point. That's of not the book. The, That's not the point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it, I the, don't know. the point is the point is like,
1: who did the bomb. The point is what do we do now um, as a result? The of point this? is
0: the the good faith of Obi Wan that was displayed, and I know I am jumping ahead, but man, the scene where he just like pours out his heart on the stand yeah. to all the Neimoidian people mm-hmm. and which we get find out, you know, it gets broadcast basically across the galaxy. Yep. So it's one of those things that is a, it's a proctor. It's being, it's being shown everywhere. It's being talked about everywhere and it's a representation of the Republic. That is Obi-Wan Kenobi basically pitching why people should ally with the Republic. Yeah. You know, problematic. Maybe, maybe they be, you should, faults and all, but Yeah. That in and of itself is the biggest reason too, and and people who are discerning can see probably through, you know, Asage at least. Uh, I, I not not necessarily. I would say they could see through. Um, not Rude, but um, Kitar. Yeah. Yes, that that absolute like, just he was ranting, he was rageful, he was emotional, he was hate hateful, and that type of like attack. After, after Obi-Wan's, um, it, it didn't do anything to convince anybody, I think, of sound mind. It, it reminded me, so have
1: you seen uh, Star Trek VI, um, The Undiscovered Country? It's been a while. Okay, so you know in that movie, uh, Kirk and um, McCoy get uh, arrested for murdering, they didn't actually murder, but for murdering the, uh, the Klingon Chancellor. And so they're brought before a sham trial where all this cra-
0: Klingon chancellor
1: murdered. murdered. Uh, uh, the, uh, they're brought before the sham Sorry. trial that is broadcast everywhere, and it's just like they get like thrown in jail with like no evidence and all this stuff. And they have a crazy whack mm-hmm. job enemy who's really the bad guy the whole time, uh, who's, mm-hmm. who's on the opposite. What my mind was if that scene had been Spock. On the the stand instead of Kirk, Spock would have taken the opportunity to to do kind of a speech that Obi Wan does here to make an impassioned plea to everyone for peace. Like uh, Obi Wan realizes, this might be you know he this might be his final his final act because he might get tried and executed or whatever. (coughs) But he realizes, hey, I have this wonderful (laughs) opportunity to to do some good. Uh, to maybe bring some of those people who are on the fence over to our side. And so he realizes this is bigger than just himself, uh, which I really, really dug that. Um,
0: it's good to see people on the, on the you know, in the Neimoidian people that are good people. Mm-hmm. It's good for us to see Ruge. Uh Very good. And to bring, you know, her, basically, she's convinced by the end of it yep. over to his side, too. Mm-hmm. Um, have you you... I, I don't know if I've talked about this, but I, I think back to uh, Knights of the Old Republic. You have the, the Selkath. Mm-hmm. They're um, they're an alien species that is neutral. And on their world, Colto, which is a predecessor to Bacta, is basically exclusively harvested there. Mm-hmm. And they cater to both the Sith and the Republic, which yeah. the Sith is more of an army. But right. that neutrality becomes a trial at one point multiple points Mm -hmm. um even between like yourself and then like also the general like the republic versus the sith as as a bigger issue and it feels very much like the the you know the republic is on trial as a whole here Mm -hmm. the same way right and and the like the question of neutrality and just asking yourself like is it justified that's what the reader constantly asks themselves in this and I think that's what the population's asking themselves and like who do you listen to? Do you listen to the one that's like a hothead screaming at the top of his lungs about, you know, you know, or do you listen to Obi-Wan, right, who his plea is is it's very uh it's filled with truths and information, but it's it's one that's a plea with to for peace. It's a plea for peace. Not a plea for uh, violence, right? <laughs> um, I think I think anytime it's a plea for peace, we go with the plea for peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, most people, you should. I mean, if if people are willing to talk peace, we should. That's and, I mean, I, that's my personal belief.
1: And and Obi Wan really is the best demonstration of let cooler heads prevail. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and and there's also some great references too. Uh, there's there's several mentions of Satine. And whenever Obi Wan yeah. thinks of Satine, you know he's not. He never goes full on and just says, "I wish I could join her." But there's some dots there. There's some. There's some internal struggle <laughs> of, man, I wish I could be neutral. Like there's uh, just let's be peaceful. Like her. Like he really respects her, and you see that that line. Yeah, and she's on
0: this. She, well, she's on the tube, yeah. or, or as they say, the <laughs> hollow net. <laughs> but she's she's in this you know speech about neutrality, like you said, she's not with the Republic. Yeah, and the whole time he's still pining after her, and still respecting her because of her stance. And it's enough to like, I wonder if Obi Wan isn't questioning himself. He's you know, like if I wasn't a Jedi, would I be with the Republic or mm-hmm. would I be neutral like like Mandalore at this point right. is. Yeah, um. it, it, and, and and it mirrors
1: Padme because Padme actually has that conversation with um, uh, with Satine in the in the Clone Wars TV show. Um, mm. uh, oh, so I want to move a little bit to not so much the deeper themes, but maybe some of the more superficial stuff that I noticed. First of all, mm-hmm. did you like the scene where Anakin's basically watching? Uh, racing and then Obi-Wan comes in and he's like scrambling to turn it off and Obi-Wan's just like, uh, like he's like, he's so frustrated with it. but at the same time he's like, I'm not going to bother to correct you on this
0: one.
1: <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, I yeah. thought that was hilarious.
0: I, that one didn't stick out to me. What stuck out was I remembered like there were multiple times where Anakin in dealing with, or sorry, Obi-Wan would see Anakin do something and Anakin's like, Oh, he's seeing me doing the thing. And Anakin inwardly braces for the correction. And then we transfer back to obi Wan's thoughts. He's like, wait a minute. He's now a Jedi Knight. He's my equal. Yeah. I don't choose. I'm not going to, there's no longer this. I have to correct him. If he is doing this, I am choosing that he has a good reason. And he may tell me that reason later, but for right now, I'm going to trust his reasoning. And that makes their relationship awesome. Yes, <laughs> like Anakin's like wait, he's like bracing. He's like wait, no correction. Correction. Okay, you trust me. That's that's great. Okay, all right. This is good. I like this. This is so much better. Which is also and even what as makes an author, his, he comments on how good it is. But. It also
1: um, mirrors with uh, uh, the Anakin Padme relationship that Obi Wan. Kinda is picking up on some things here. He's like, hey, Oh yeah, I saw Padme over here earlier, and it's like, I didn't see her. Was she here earlier? And he's like, Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You want you sh- you should go see, talk to her. She, yeah, you should go see her. <laughs> he's like, he knows. Oh, gosh. <laughs> he
0: knows. He knows. He knows. So this is years before. Like he's flat out teasing teasing him about Wars it about about uh yeah about the same thing. But there's this understood, like, I think, you know, I don't know that Obi-Wan breaks the rules much, but Anakin breaks the rules a lot. And there's this understanding between them that, like, I'm not going to I'm not going to rat you out. Mm -hmm. Um, You just need to be careful. Yeah, because I love you. It's like, you know, kind of one of those things that maybe with your family, you wouldn't you wouldn't like go to the police on them. If right. <laughs> <It's>, th- this, <laughs> you know. this is the difference is as
1: his mentor in, in pre-episode uh, up until episode two, Obi-Wan is a father figure. But this is when we see him become the older brother. This is the <laughs> I, I was you were my brother, Anakin. This is this is where we start to see the seeds of that happening of, of them being like that. And I can't believe I'm saying this, but we forgot to talk about a certain character when we were talking about the different characters. There's one character in this that the when I read this book the first the young time, wing? yeah, I'm going, going there yeah. When I read this book the okay. first time, I have had one opinion of her, and when I read it the second time, I had a totally different opinion. Because when I read this book the first time, we did not have Obi Wan Kenobi the TV show. And when I read this the second time, we had watched all of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. So we get Mill Alibeth, the, uh, the youngling um, in this, who is struggling with her place in the Jedi Order and tags along with Anakin. Mm-hmm. And as I was reading this, I, I, this, the first time I was like, I really like this dynamic. It's like a pre-Ahsoka dynamic, but it doesn't feel like a copycat of Ahsoka. Um, it feels unique. And it also shows; it shows the seeds <clears> of... Anakin has the the qualities to become a teacher, a good teacher, but he just doesn't yep. want it yet. Uh, and this also gives him
0: an excuse for he's like, "I'm not ready. I don't really want to." He doesn't. On. He doesn't know that he doesn't want it, but he he really enjoyed his time. He did. Mill 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 Mill. And yeah, but Mil. the second time I read this, I was like,
1: "Oh, this is really similar to the." uh uh young Leia obi-wan <laughs> uh connection you know having the the two of them stowing away on on transports and uh mm-hmm. uh her being kind of snippy at times uh <laughs> it, i i just and they're about the same age ish maybe she's Mills a little bit younger than pad Len Leia, but not snarky but mm-hmm. i just thought and of course, the two were made completely separately.
0: Like there was not yeah. a connection. No, between I didn't. The two. Yeah, you didn't. I wouldn't notice say that? that there's any kind of copy there. I just well, it just
1: feels like similar themes. Like when you hit on the same theme between two
0: things. It was interesting because I, at first, didn't know her character would be important. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I didn't know where we were going with her. Right, and then the more we the more we learn about her with her unique ability to, I would say to to detect high levels of emotion. Yeah. And pain, mm-hmm. like pain, and the different forms that that might take within the force. It's a unique ability that the force has given her. And the author, I don't know if he was like, you know, hey, can I give this force power to this girl? Um, and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, but then she can't be a Jedi, you know. It's it's a unique thing, and then she she leaves. She does not, but um, but it's one of those powers that uh, it could have probably developed into something really powerful because mm-hmm. her her like sensory detection is on the level that like she would if she was around Palpatine would have been like whoa I can tell you're very conflicted about things especially if she was you know a few years from now uh she would only have been what like maybe 12 or 13 at right. the time of the Revenge of the Sith so she might not have been able to help um <clears throat> but uh it's a really powerful ability had she obviously Developed it, mm-hmm. and Anakin sees that. Anakin connects with her. He's he's like everything that you want to see in Anakin. You get to see that with the you know the mentoring, patience. He puts faith in her. Yeah. He defends her to Obi Wan, uh, even though secretly to himself he's like, oh, everybody's slowing me down. <laughs> even Obi Wan's slowing me down. <laughs> and then he's like, then he's like, the stupid arm's slowing me down. <laughs> Like <laughs> just he's he's never satisfied, but we still get that like, Anakin is the very poster boy of what you know the good guy should be, yeah. you know, or or outwardly mm-hmm. outwardly he is, even though he's breaking the rules, um, and and Obi Wan is too. It, but I I agree with you the the character of of Mill is uniquely useful and. I totally saw the ending for her coming. Did you predict that the first time through? So, uh, it made sense.
1: It's not like I was like, oh, she's leaving the Jedi Order. I didn't, I didn't feel like mm. that. But once it happened, it felt totally natural. We had this, another story, uh, actually uh, one of the High Republic young adult novels, where there was a character who was having this struggle about stuff, but she leaves at the end of that book. But it felt like it was totally out of left field. It was like of all the decisions, leaving the Jedi Order or moving to do <clears> this <throat> other thing, that's the decision. Like, it just didn't make sense to me in the book. Like, I felt like there were other decisions she should have made. Here, it makes sense. Mill Alley Beth, she sees the Jedi moving towards a soldier-type <clears throat> mentality, and she mm-hmm. fears that she won't be able to, to keep her, uh, uh, her
0: helping people out uh, view, which is mm-hmm. what the Jedi are supposed to be doing. <clears throat> so she's keeping and the- she reminds us of that. She with her ability, right. she detects a lot like on pneumonia mm-hmm. right? She is a great lens that Mike Chin uses to like show us the type of like cultural things about them. Like there's a lot of attention that's brought to like the medical uh, areas yeah. mm-hmm. which are not guarded yeah, she can and we're presented there. with this question. Yeah, so she like this question of, like, wait, why, you know, why aren't they guarded? And we're presented this question, like, several times before we get the answer later on that, in fact, well, it's to give them peace. We don't, we don't want to stress them out by having guns and soldiers around them mm-hmm. as if it's some kind of, like, military, you know, something like that. Right. Um, and we're like, okay, interesting. Um, but she notices that, and then the other guys are like, huh, that's curious, too. Um, anyway. There's there's just a lot of things through her eyes yeah. that we get to notice about pneumonia that we wouldn't otherwise. So I felt like he did a good job of like saying, hey, if I give this power, I need to use this power, and I need to use it in a way to show something I wouldn't get to show otherwise. Unless I just said, well, Anakin can do this because he's, he's Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, we would probably be okay with that because, okay, he's Anakin. He's um, a <laughs> Yeah, uh, but at the same time, great job using this character. I I really enjoyed it. Um, Talk about the... uh, There's references that you liked. So So there was some...
1: So let me me get into this. The first thing I'll say is that um, uh, there are actually... Let me back up for a second. Um, Mike, you touched on Mike Chen's writing is that I'm... my my YouTube videos, the Star Wars ones get way more views than the other ones. Lots of engagement as well. People comment a lot. And I did one uh, this week that was Star Wars uh, books that I or or way series that I'd like to see, may see them do. And one of my answers was I want to see them do a series of Clone Wars novels that go through the Clone Wars, but from a different perspective than Obi Wan and Anakin. Give it make it like a minor character. Mm. That you get to see the beginning of the Clone Wars, the middle and the end. You get to see the whole thing. And I pitched that I thought that Mike Chen should write that book. And everybody... I did not get a single person saying, I didn't like Mike Chen's writing. I don't want him to do that. Everyone was like, no, mm-hmm. he should do that book. And so it shows he gets it, yeah. the relative universal praise. There are, On Goodreads, there are people <clears throat> who didn't like the book. But they're few and far between. Um, it has a really mm-hmm. high rating. And it's got... It, it's got it, it's it did really well it, all, all Star Wars books pop their first week typically because mm-hmm. it's a Star Wars book and they usually fade away and it didn't stay on the New York Times list but it sold lots of copies it continued to, to sell for a long time so that 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 worked in its favor so i think that kind of story i think that i think that it shows that i think mike chen will get more books because it was it was it's easy oh everyone likes him so let's give him more books and i think he would totally do it <laughs> too uh yeah. getting into the references. So, did you catch the 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 the, the memes
0: references? I did catch a couple of <laughs> yeah. them. Yeah. So, one of them There are some like not so subtle. <laughs> yes, there were like, some not sand. so subtle
1: ones. Uh my favorite one, let me pull it out and read it cuz it is just perfect. Uh it is Do it. Uh let me uh <clears throat> grab the page 137. All right. So, this is uh, Anakin and at one point in the chapter at the beginning he says, "And be careful of the sand." I've seen worse, but this still gets in the transport's gears. Uh, Anakin smirked, thinking of home. And if that had been it, it would be like I see what you did there. <laughs> but he follows it up, and later on he says, "No one believes me," but it gets everywhere in italics. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's that's a bold choice to. Put the meme in there Not just
0: to uh-uh. <laughs> Like at, and, and at this point He he may have been aware Of what he was doing I Am think ben there's Beagle a good Beagle? chance No I, Mike Chen No, no Mike had Chen, been aware. 100% 100% he, knew he, <laughs> he was like He was making was Like thing. I know what I'm doing I know what I'm doing 100% This is for the fans This is the fan service You yes, asked for
1: Absolutely 100% Also There are references to Uh Another Matthew Stover novel, uh, he refers to Mace Windu and Shatterpoints, which there is a Matthew Stover novel called Shatterpoint where he talks about uh, Mace Windu's abilities and really focuses on Mace Windu as the character. Like If, if you were going to say, I want a Mace Windu novel, that's the one you're getting. Uh, it's it's mm-hmm. the quintessential Mace Windu novel. I actually don't like the novel, but I like the refer- that we got the reference to it here. Um, Uh, And then, of course, we got uh, on page 286, uh, uh, let me quickly flip there. Uh, It says, uh, there was a brief moment in the relationship between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Qui-Gon Jinn when the apprentice went behind his master's back as he searched for his true path forward. A brash young Padawan at the time so insistent on finding the Jedi Code that he bristled at Qui-Gon's hesitation regarding a treaty with the unscrupulous Zerka Corporation and the planet Pijal hesitation created by Qui-Gon's own moral compass. That that little paragraph is 100% referencing the novel Master and Apprentice. That is the big central plot line of Master and Apprentice.
0: Wait, Zerker Corporation is in Master and Apprentice? Yes. Uh really? Yes, it is. Because they're first made a thing in the in the notch of the old Yes, book but, games. They're the, but, the, but they're brought in. The, okay. But the but the the
1: story, like he's specifically referencing, like you have you haven't read yes. the book, so you don't know what he's referencing there. But like that is yeah, yeah, yeah. directly referencing to the it. story. Yeah. <laughs> There's directly referencing a story from Master and Apprentice. The the main story there. That's cool. Which I'll say. If you like this book this much, I think that Master and Apprentice is the natural, natural next one to read. It's also a prequel book. It has the same tones. It nails Qui-Gon, mm-hmm. and it's also just a mm-hmm. really good story. So, but I, I, when I read that, like, there's only one other person who would, who would write that kind of a reference into their books, and that's James Luceno. James Lucino, like when they started the canon... He would just be like, all right, I'm just going to write a whole paragraph that's a Legends reference. All right, I'm just going to yank this legend species and bring them in. Like, he loved making those kinds of references in that way, just yanking stuff in. Mm-hmm. And I just loved seeing that in here because it shows the dedication that Mike Chen shows. Because the the story group, to my chagrin, does not require references. They do not tell the authors, you must include these connections to the other books. They tell their authors, write your story. Our job is to say, hey, you can't do that in Star Wars. And so if you want to include a bunch of references to other materials, good on you. But if you want to just tell your own. So when this happens, I know this is the author doing that, not the Mm -hmm. um, story group, which gives me a lot more faith in Mike Chen. And the whole event of they're having this big... uh, trial essentially on uh cato nemoidia there's explosions uh the two jedi knights have to basically escape and stop the explosions and they have to put everything back together so that uh the piece, fragile piece, holds is a basic like it's, it's a basic storyline that was common in legends and was specifically used in james lucino's cloak of deception it's a when you read the two books, the stories are different, but that kind of concept of those, that, that portion of the book, uh, of the whole trial sequence, is very similar. And uh, it just, again, shows they, he had an incredible understanding of how Star Wars books work, how the literature works together. And that's one reason why I keep, I keep singing this book's praising. It's just saying, we need this. This is an author to give more books to, mm-hmm. not... Some other authors who have gotten a bunch of books, and it's like, why <laughs> nobody likes those books?
0: This is one everyone likes it. So please, please, uh, you have made a strong argument, and anybody who heard that, you probably are in agreement. I am in agreement, <laughs> and and I would love more references. Those, it, it? kind of shows, you know, the obviously the author's familiarity yeah. with the rest of the material, Uh, but not only that, it's like you described. It's a Love of the Star Wars universe and the desire to show how things connect. Like I don't know if you've noticed lately, but like Marvel shows have not been connecting, and like I, nothing for sure has connected to um, Shang Chi since it came out. Not uh, really, no. Like there's been they almost like no eventually. reference to that. It will. They've not it hasn't mentioned yet. the giant. Like um, what's the one with the the giant living inside of the planet? From, uh... uh being
1: inside of the planet.
0: With the Eternals. Yeah, the Eternals. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, And so, like, there's not been anybody in one of the new shows who's like, hey, wasn't that weird how we had, like, a giant head like the size <laughs> of an ocean, like, poke out of our planet that was frozen? Like, an Eternal was living in the Earth. There's been, like, no reference to that. It's like, okay, Marvel used to famously intertwine these stories in such a cool way. You're like what? We've never seen things connect this way before. And that was cool. And now it's lost it a little bit. And maybe there's hope, but you know, not with everything. For sure, like, when No Way Home did it, like with the previous Spider-Man, oh my gosh. (laughs) That was so beautifully handled. When you have even, like, the scene where Mm -hmm. they're all three Peters pointing at each other, which is a direct (laughs) reference to like a huge internet meme. Like, (laughs) That was perfect, and it was it was done so tastefully, yep. you know, that somebody could be unaware and, and still, still like enjoy somebody it. could have read, like I read this the thing about Circuit Corporation, did not know Master and Apprentice you know reference, but I was like, yes, Circuit Corporation, yes. that's <laughs> awesome. I was like, yeah, I didn't know the theory. Okay, this is going, okay, cool. I know Circa Corporation. I'm rewarded for knowing Star Wars uh, because I'm reading Star Wars. And it's like, hey, guess what? Here's a Star Wars thing. Oh, I like the Star Wars thing. Thank you. Give me more. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, um, so one of the things we haven't quite talked about is like just the whole in like Anakin shows up and Obi-Wan kept telling him it doesn't count. Because right. that business on, that business on Cato Nemordia, that, that that doesn't count. So there was actually which is in a the poll movie. that
1: they did on the author's Twitter. And he said, all right, if you've read the book, answer this. Does the business on Cato Nemordia count? Um, uh, and what, I, I want to get your opinion. Do you
0: think it counts or not? Um, if, if Anakin hadn't come, yeah. Obi-Wan would have not known anything about the bombs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and they found and disarmed most of the bombs before they made a scene. Yeah. So Obi-Wan has the argument like, okay, maybe I wasn't in trouble because like he, he had his lightsaber on the way. He would have been fine, but the bombs that was all Anakin disarming and he wouldn't have found them without mill, you know, you know, so, so it was really a combination effort of all of them, but I wouldn't say like, anakin saved his skin obi Wan's skin but i would say anakin saved the situation yeah exactly so it's one of those like okay obi-wan i'll give you that one exactly but only barely it, it's the author wrote it in
1: such a way that both of the like they can they can have that argument where one of them, yes, counts they and can. One of them doesn't yeah and it works and like because it could have been so easy for him to just write it where it doesn't like it, it, like Obi Wan didn't need the help. He
0: could have he could have done it that
1: way, but but instead <clears throat> and he specifically
0: s- says he's like, "You knocked my lightsaber out of the way, and you got <laughs> your arm cut because it was like on my way to me." I was like you know, doing my perfect thing and you showed up just mess it all up. But <laughs> anyway, you're right. You're right. He wrote it really, really well. But the whole, the whole idea of like the book being just to like answer this one off from Revenge of the Sith, yeah. which is not, nice, but like and that the business the, on Keito is the spurring point for this like whole story. You know? I mean, uh, back during the Legends days, mm-hmm. um,
1: the Jedi Academy trilogy by Kevin J. Anderson, that trilogy was created because they came to Kevin and said, "Hey, so we just realized George used parsecs. Um, yeah, we we realized that was a mistake, <laughs> uh, saying he did the Kessel Run at 14 parsecs. Can you explain that?" And so the Jedi Academy trilogy stemmed out of how he was going to answer that question, how how to make it how to make it work. Uh, and it's a really fun trilogy. It's not the best, but it's a really fun trilogy there. And, you know, um, uh, the whole uh, Cloak of Deception is, or, uh, was, is to explain why the Republic is in its current political place before, right before episode one. Uh, there's stuff with... Uh, you know, a lot of Star Wars books start with, okay, here's the pitch. We need you to do this. But mm-hmm. you can tell your original story. For example, the new Shadow, Shadows of the Sith which just came out. It's a big book. It's almost 500 pages. It's a big book. Um, uh, the whole book came about because they said, Alright, we have Lando and uh, Luke chasing after Ochi, apparently. Let's tell that story. How they told the story? They said to the author, Write the story yourself. You, have, you can write whatever kind of story. As long as it fits in the canon, you can write your own story. We're just giving you this little pitch at the beginning. And, uh, so that's very common in Star Wars is they give you a little pitch and then the author creates their own original story from, from which to go on. So this fits just perfectly in that mold.
0: Mm. Did you have any thoughts on the Ventress Anakin lightsaber fight? Uh,
1: it was fine. It's lightsaber <clears throat> fights don't do much for me in the books cause I don't care about reading action, like that kind of action scene. Um, because uh, mm-hmm. especially especially when I know they're gonna both be fine, like, uh, right. I, I'm okay with action scenes in books, but like I I I usually am like, okay, what's the result of this scene? Like, I, I'm ready for the scene afterwards where they're both licking their wounds and talking to their allies <laughs> or something, or they're both escaping. I whatever.
0: just I enjoyed like Anakin's um kind of. The, the realization, he's like, wait a minute, okay, I don't know how to make my new arm act like my old arm, mm-hmm. but I do know how my new arm is gonna react. So I can time the rest of my body to act with my new arm. Right. And and he, all of a sudden when he realizes that, he flips the tables on Assage completely. Mm-hmm. Which he's confident that he would have been able to like do that from the start yeah. with the original hand. But um and you know, they have I think multiple kind of fights during clone wars. Yeah. Asajj is formidable at, mm-hmm. at any stage in her training. Um, even though it seems like Anakin handles her pretty easily after he kind of has that development. If he wasn't having to protect mill, he might right. have like completely beaten her, but Asajj is a knack for just escaping at the, you know, the turn of that. She's just very resourceful in, right. in a fight. Um, and her ending is super great. I couldn't help but think, like, doing this, I was like, oh, Asajj, I love you so much in Dark Disciple, but I hate you right here. <laughs> <laughs> right. She has, she has a big journey that she goes on, and we've gotten,
1: we've gotten the little sliver here. We got when she was full bad in The Clone Wars, and we got when she was kind of grayish in Dark Disciple. We haven't got, I would be interested in a book that talks about before she turned to the dark side, when she was still on the light side. We saw like a snippet of that, like a little little frame in Clone Wars. I think that's a, a ripe area that they could they could tell her story, her her fall from grace. Um, mm. uh, one thing I did want to mention before we go is that uh, there's something in this book that I realized was missing in Clone Wars that I never realized was missing until I read it, which is Anakin and uh, Palpatine. In we know that Palpatine basically became like a mentor figure to Anakin and we see it in episode two and we see it in episode three we don't see it in the Clone Wars TV show maybe there is a scene but I personally cannot think of a scene in the Clone Wars TV show where the two of them just sit down and just are talking it really doesn't happen much Uh, maybe Hmm. like when they're like somewhere else but not in the offices of Palpatine and we get that at a scene here, and we get the establishment where he's basically like, oh, "I have some more things I need to talk with uh, with Anakin about," and everyone's like, "Okay, well, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see you later, Anakin." And then Anakin's like, "So you want to talk me about Obi Wan? No, I just want to talk. Yeah, I just want to hang out." Yeah, and yeah. I like that because you see the uh, Palpatine slowly forming that friendship, slowly yep. forming that connection, uh, and you see. <clears throat> I agree. That you, was you, you good. See, Anakin slowly start to say, "Hey, this is a guy who really respects me. He's the one that's actually given me given he's he, he he wants he's the most powerful person in the galaxy. Although he doesn't realize how powerful he is, he's the most powerful person. He's the pal. He's the uh, chancellor. And yet, he wants to listen to me. He wants to have a just a regular conversation with me about my problems. It's such a such a yeah. great emulation of their relationship going forward, and it foreshadows." how easily manipulated he is at the end.
0: The, the lesson, like, I mean, there's a personal danger. If you're the type of person who you look at somebody based off of what they can give you, like, Oh, they're powerful. Oh, they have Mm -hmm. this and that. And that's how you purely like, we see Anakin doing with, I mean, obviously it's reciprocated, like because he doesn't realize he's being manipulated. He doesn't realize what he's going to be asked to get. Or to give in the relationship with Palpatine, but like that's a that's a dangerous thing to ask yourself. Don't be one of those type of people who like looks at a Palpatine role model in your life or somebody to try and get stuff from them because of the things that they give you. Because it's it's dangerous. It can be dangerous at times. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite scenes that we didn't talk. Well, you maybe yeah. you, may, you may have mentioned this. I love when uh, Anakin and Obi Wan they they uh, turn on the um, <clears throat> they turn on the communicator. And uh, they're on like his ship or something like that. And Pen turns around, she's like, "Annie, uh, Master Skywalker!" sees so everyone. <laughs> <all we want. laughs> right, that scene was also. I good. did. I did a big, big laugh out loud right there. <laughs> I,
1: I also liked when Anakin and, and Mill are on the ship, and uh, 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 Mace Windu is calling. And he's like, oh, you're breaking up, you're breaking up. And basically, breaking Windu's up. Like, um. and, and Mace Windu is reading. He's like, you're not breaking up. Tell him, repeat where you are. <laughs> like, like, Windu where knows. And he's, but he's still putting up with it because he's like, uh, that kid. He's like,
0: I have to do this for this. Like, Anakin knows he can't tell them where he's going. Right. Because of the rules and neutrality. Like, he can't do it. Yeah. He's not supposed to. Um, but if he doesn't go, which is the right thing to go. Right. So he has that conundrum. <laughs> um, all right, my ranking of this book out of 10. Yeah. Is that what we're going to yeah, do? Out of, 10. out of 10? We usually do out of 10. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> do you remember what I ranked, like, Thrawn, the first Thrawn? Was it like nine and a half? I want to like, say that's like that? about nine.
1: Right. Yeah. Or, uh, well, I think you okay. gave Treason like a nine and a half. I think you oh, gave I definitely Thrawn. gave
0: treason like a nine point like eight yeah, or yeah nine. something like that and then <laughs> I think
1: I think you gave the first Thrawn like maybe an eight and a half or a nine.
0: Somewhere. I think I give it a nine. Okay. But, um, we're gonna say this is a very good book, and I'm gonna slip it whatever Thrawn was at. Let's say Thrawn was at a nine. Yeah. This is an 8.9. This is really? tiny bit not as good as Thrawn. It's very, very close.
1: Intre- you must It's have, very, very close. You must have um, warmed up to Thrawn, the first book, since we last talked. Because when we recorded with you, me, and Mike on that one, you were still... like You, you liked it, but you weren't like... You didn't seem that positive at the time. So this, that's good that you
0: still hold it that high uh yeah the first throne book is very good yeah it's i i think it's very good it's definitely way better than so than yeah <laughs> yeah we, we, we don't,
1: it's like bruno we don't we don't talk about that one uh, <laughs> we don't talk
0: about throne alliances <laughs> um, okay
1: i actually when i first rated this back in may i gave it like a 9.5 i don't think it's fair like i've been reevaluating it's still amazing, it's still really great, and it's still probably in my top 10, or at least top 15, because like the top 15 Star Wars novels for the canon are superb. They're all amazing, so it's hard to pick from them. Um, I would, I, in, in hindsight, I think it's better to give this a 9, because I think that there is a little bit of heart missing. Uh, this could have had a little bit more of a punch. I think that Master and Apprentice carries a bigger punch to me emotionally um, uh, and if you ever read it you'll, you'll know why. I will be able to talk about why I think that um, uh, I think that Thrawn tells a more propulsive story there's no slow points in this but none of the points are so fast I'm like I have to know what happens next I never felt like that that need to finish the book I, I read this book in like a day uh, because it's a really quick read but I never felt the gimme, 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 gimme. so I have to give yeah. knock it a little bit for that. It it's a well produced story, very excellently done, and it is the quintessential prequel episode two novel. It really is. It's not necessarily the and best. And I dropped Star Wars it novel.
0: like I because I was audiobook. I dropped it for a couple of weeks. Yeah, when I wasn't driving right. much, it might have been more than that. It might have been two mm-hmm. and a half, three weeks, and. I was like, okay, whatever. But then, then I picked it up and I got to kind of the climax of the book. I was like, okay, to, we got to finish yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. We got, we got to get, we got to, <laughs> you know, this is this is getting really, really good. And uh, so, yeah, I, I do agree with you that it's not in quite the top cut of novels. Like that's why I put it under Thrawn, which I think is a yeah. top cut novel. Mm-hmm. Um, Thrawn and Thrawn treason are my still; those are the two best. Yeah. I would say this is. Oh. Hmm, Dark Disciple. Hmm. <laughs> this I would you, say okay. Welcome to the
1: welcome to us rankers Dark, who have to like well, 30 <laughs> books that we have to rank and are okay. like, oh, do right. this
0: here. I would say Dark Disciple is a tiny little bit better than yeah. this. I like <laughs> But that's for me myself personally. Yeah. I really liked Dark Disciple. Because I, I like Quinlan. I like I like the love. I really like yeah, love stories. Me I'm too. For I'm I am a What are sucker. we without love stories?
1: I am a sucker for sappy love stories. Um uh I do not like when it gets too erotic. Or anything like that, um, uh, but like like, like sappy, sa- good sappy love stories. I'm, I'm good with. Uh,
0: yeah, like you're in my soul, tormenting me. <laughs> maybe a good maybe sappy not, love. Story.
1: Maybe not that sappy. That's like a full-on tree sap.
0: I'm talking like Master Obi Wan would be very, very grumpy if he saw me do this. <laughs> No, not that second. Um, all right, but, all right. Uh,
1: first, I have to say, have you thought about what your next novel read will be? I know you. We have big, some big stuff going on the two of us, so you may not have too much time right now to read. But if you have, if you like brainstorm, do you have anything in mind, or do you want some suggestions? Because I have some. I have a couple of option ideas for you.
0: Okay. Um, <clears throat> I know that Trent has been reading High Republic novels. And it would be great to get him on because we only did the first one on the podcast. So I might need to go ahead and read the next one, even though I hear it's not great. The third one's better? Is that what I'm hearing? I would reverse it. I think the second one's the best and the third
1: one's the weakest. But that's just me.
0: Oh. and When
1: I I talked with Trent when he read the third one, he agreed (laughs) with me that the first two were better and the third one was the weakest of
0: the three. But then again, well, you didn't love then, the first
1: one, so you may... It, if you didn't love the first one...
0: I didn't love the first one. I don't one. think but you're going to love I'm it. I'm interested in Marcian Roe. I'm interested in what his story goes on, to. He's in the second like, one. So. I don't remember too many of the main, <laughs> like, cast. Like yeah. I remember a little bit about them, but... Yeah, I did not love it, so... <laughs> I would read it if you guys are like, "Hey, let's do this." Okay. And if we have Trent, then like, hey, I mean, he's gonna add so much. Yeah. He's like the best. He's the best uh, for opinions. Period. That's true. Um, <clears throat> you're the best for facts, and I'm the best for talking in circles. Um, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the other choice you've mentioned, Master Apprentice, I will be down. Um, uh, you said you don't like Shatterpoint. I'm interested in it, but eh, could could wait. Or or do that at it's another a, point, especially if you don't it,
1: like it. It is a harder novel to read. It is not as action packed. It is not as fast paced. It is slow. It is methodical. It is getting into Mace Windu's mind. It is a a a, a darker novel. It's so like like you, you might enjoy that. I'm just saying it's this is a very light novel. In terms of the way... The styling... styling, Even mm-hmm. though I said... He st- stole a lot from Stover. Not stole a lot. Borrowed a lot from Stover. His style... Mike Chen's way lighter than, than Stover's style. But
0: you might enjoy it. So, so... Yeah. But my other biggest one would be... Obviously Revenge of the Sith novel, novelization. Okay. So... So of those... What would be your... Uh, suggestion? I think that... Knowing you, me as you do. I think the safest
1: option... The option that will... You'll enjoy the most, and also I think is a good one for discussion is Master and Apprentice.
0: Uh, okay, all right.
1: But I don't know if I think that if if you enjoy Revenge of the Sith, the novels like you might really love it. So I would I would suggest, yes. if, and also I would also this is also a bit <laughs> selfish. I would love to reread Master and Apprentice because
0: it's such a good oh, book. Okay, yeah, but that yeah. One too.
1: But I was gonna suggest a for uh, another one that's not any of these, but just another for your idea is you were like, you were liking some of the stuff with Vader. We were getting in, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi, uh, Lords, the Sith is Vader and Palpatine teaming up, uh, during, during the, during the the empire. And it's them, it's them going, it's, they get stranded without any stormtroopers on, on Ryloth and they have to fight against the people of Ryloth. Yeah. It's, Ooh. Wow. Ooh. So, anyway, that one, maybe set that aside after these ones we talk about. Sure. But I would suggest... Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my dog's attacking. Hang on. But I would suggest
0: um, uh, Master of the Prentice. The dog attacks. Well, in, while he's dealing with the dog, the, um, there is a rumor, and I'll just... This is how we're going to end the podcast. There's a rumor in the scene... Uh, of the Fallen Order two trailer, yeah. we see someone in a in a, a tank, uh, back to tank, right? Um, and then they mentioned that they're bringing a legacy character into canon, and that person will be uh, portrayed or voice acted by somebody who is on stage at Star Wars Celebration this year. Now, <clears throat> there are some theories going around that that person could have been Sam Witwer, and that character. Uh, Could have been Starkiller. Star killer. So it's an interesting idea. I I I would like, I would jump up and down with excitement for Starkiller to be back in the canon, and for them to like take and obviously like tweak because yeah. it's not going to fit exactly. But oh my gosh! And obviously, I love Sam a <laughs> really really a whole lot. When he, I just kind of sometimes in my YouTube feed run across a video of him like. Just talking about Star Wars, and I don't I don't care how many Star Wars facts you know. It's do you understand like the themes and how they re- right. were like? Can you talk about a scene in Star Wars and then just like pull weight and just all of this beauty, depth, and everything out of that scene? And that's exactly what he does. He is brilliant. The more he's involved in Star Wars project, the happier I'll be. But. We know he loves the character Starkiller. We know he played the character, you know, and it would be super great for that to happen. Any thoughts from you if that would happen? Would you, would you like to see it? Do you think it's going to happen? Either one. I think it would be really fun. I read the first
1: Force Unleashed novelization, which was really good. Um, uh, so I, I am familiar with the character, and I played a tiny bit of the game. Uh, I did not read mm-hmm. the second one, but I, I intend to. I heard it's a much shorter game. Uh, mm-hmm. But... yeah. Uh, that's, uh, that, that would be a good, a good, a good use. Um, there's, there's a big discussion of if you could have a Legends character brought into the canon, who would it be? And... Calcutar! Uh, <laughs> yes. There's, there, there are discussions of and that. And then, and then Starkiller. I, th- I feel like there are some that need to come in and then there's some that it's like, okay, we have great <laughs> stories with them, we don't need to bring them in, maybe make a character similar or something. Because otherwise the timelines get more muddy. Uh, and making the timelines muddy is not something I'm I'm too keen on. Like, bringing Thrawn in has worked thus far. But the Ahsoka series is probably going to step on some toes. So we're, hmm. they, they have to be careful with how they handle him. And so bringing in too many Legends characters would start to get dangerous. It's like, I don't think that Mara... For instance, I don't think Mara Jade should come into the canon. I don't think that there's a place for her now that we've they seen... They went such
0: a different direction right. with Luke that it doesn't fit. Right. Yeah. Um, um, and if they brought her in but didn't pair her up with Luke,
1: people would be mad. So it's like, just don't don't even take the risk. <clears throat> so... Sure. I think Starkiller would work because you could still rework things. There's parts of the, that era of the timeline we haven't explored... Um, there's nothing that's like overridden that said Vader never had an apprentice helping him out during this. Like, we don't have
0: anything like that. So well, we did add the Inquisitors, which is you know, but we could say, say ah, that he had a this guy on the side. Yes, there it would be able. I think we'd be able to say that, like, because I think, and I know we're way chasing rabbits, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is long, but hey, if you're here, you you like this stuff anyway. So, uh, <clears throat> like, the idea was really. Like, Vader didn't know about Luke. Right. He didn't know he was alive. He wanted to take the Emperor out. And his original plan was, I'm going to make an apprentice, and we're going to do that together. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, of course, Emperor finds out. He turns on his, kills him as apprentice, says, I'm loyal to you. You know, that's what Vader does. And he, you know, even at the end of the Kenobi series, he's like, oh, I just got called out by Daddy. (laughs) I got to, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, I am so, so sorry. You're right, I am wrong. Sorry. That's all he says at the end of that scene with, you know, Papa. perhaps yeah, you've been clouded. But anyway, so if we get that, it'll it'll work out. And uh, the whole thing, with, I think it would be it would be really cool. Um, my only question would be like, you know, you're thinking about the game Fallen Order 2. Would that be the place to introduce him? Yes. He's a video and game character. Yeah. Also, that's like that's that's the story that it could take. The, the next route, if you're going to take like the route for, for the character of Cal Kestis to follow, like following in his footsteps or something like that. And we, are, we also know there was cloning and stuff involved. Maybe you want to take that and tie it into the, whatever is involved with the Grogu experience that have been like mentioned. I don't know. Yeah. We obviously have cloning with the Emperor now, so that's canon. And it's a little easier to say, well, we were working on the cloning before. Um, right. And the whole Galen Merrick thing, was a that was that was the whole idea? They were trying to clone a Force-sensitive person, and they kept failing. So, or that was the that was the story of, of the second game. I apologize. Right. You don't know about that. You didn't really, you didn't really read I'll the second game's the whole. Yeah, the the whole game is basically: hey, he's dead. Galen Merrick is dead. But let's clone him. All these clones keep having like like haunted Force visions of their former life and stuff, and he can't build a stable one. You play as one of the clones that's mm-hmm. the most stable. Um, but yeah So yeah it's, 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 it's interesting but definitely not as good a story As the first game uh, So yada yada We're here just rambling about the Star Wars <laughs> Hey that's what we do <sighs> um, That's what we do
1: for, we, we had talked about making this our Episode next And things got shuffled around for the last couple of weeks Are you good with Doing um, a discussion Of the Andor trailer next uh, oh, because we still haven't talked about that, <laughs> and it's been like... Well,
0: months. we can we can do we can do that because it's really really close to premiere. We could also take a look if we needed to fill up time. We could do a bad batch trailer.
1: Yeah, um, that one too.
0: We could do. What could could do both in the them. same episode? Yeah.
1: That yeah, that, that, same episode. That's a good, or that's a good plan for now. That's that, that's <laughs> we will rewatch those. Not we both uh, we both have busy weeks coming up. Uh, we do uh, because yep. we are. Not only are we both prepping for school, but we—Nathan uh, is in charge <laughs> of um, band camp, uh, and I am helping him out part of the day, not the whole time. Yes, when so. when
0: the pupil becomes the the aide, this the, is this is good. This is you're you're the, still you're
1: the master status. I'm just
0: becoming a Jedi Knight now. <laughs> yeah, you're a Jedi Knight. I'm the Jedi. <laughs> I'm Obi Wan. Oh, uh, then who's your who's your Padme? That's the question. You. All right, right. I'm not. i not revealing that yet. <laughs> tell, every, uh, tell, tell everybody where they can support the podcast and keep listening. And you can find us on SimpleTunes.
1: Yeah, you can find us on SimpleTunes, iTunes, uh, and st- apparently people are listening on Stitcher. I don't even know Stitcher was really a thing anymore, but apparently people are listening on Stitcher, um, uh, iHeartRadio, radio.com, And uh, Google Podcasts. Uh, You can find our Facebook page, Two Sons of Tatooine. You can find my YouTube channel, where I talk a lot about Star Wars and all other types of books. Uh, It's just my name, Jonathan Cohn. Uh, And then you can also find my Star Trek written reviews. Uh, I do Star Trek videos on YouTube, but my written reviews are on Roku Depot. But until next time, I'm Jonathan. I'm Nathan. And thank you for listening to another episode of Two Sons of Tatooine.